The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. You are tuned in to Inspire FM on 105.1. It's now just gone after six o'clock, and this is the Health and Fitness Show. I'd like to welcome everyone uh, who are tuned in today. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, before I make any uh, before i move on to anything else um this is obviously not fahad martin you are listening to amir um i'm hosting the show for today um uh, fahad just wants to send extend his apologies he's running a little late he's stuck in traffic so he's asked me to jump into the presenter's chair uh to get the show rolling So, brothers and sisters, I pray everyone here, everyone's listening is in the best of human and health, and uh, you are looking forward to the show today. Today, we'll be looking at gastro-related uh, gastro um, uh, problems. Uh, so, it's gastro-related problems, so, so like uh, uh, related to the bowel, um, the lower gut, and stuff like that. And alhamdulillah, I have in the studio with me Dr. Saleh Ahmed. Assalamu Dr. Saleh, how are you? Wa alaikum alhamdulillah. I'm doing very well, thank you. Oh. Sorry, if I could just ask you to do that again. <laughs> Apologies, I'm not, I'm not good with all these things. Uh, so, Dr. Saleh, how are you? You're okay, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, you're gonna be, we're going to be quickly, um, uh, I know, uh, like I mentioned, we're going to be quickly discussing um, issues with gastro-related uh, gastro -related issues. So, if you can um, just quickly introduce yourself and we'll have a quick um, kind of briefing, brief uh, um, talk about what is gastro, come the key things that we need, that key uh, issues that have people have with gastro-related illnesses? Sure. So I'm Dr. Saleh. I'm a local GP. I work in uh, barton Clay and Luton oh, um, and have done so for the last few years. I'm born and brought up in Luton, um, moved away to London for a few years to, to study and work, but I've been back in Luton for, for a few years now. Oh, excellent. Alhamdulillah. Okay, alhamdulillah. And so you, like you mentioned a, lo a local GP. Uh, so I'm assuming you get... Uh, I, no, I, I don't know if I should be assuming, but you, do you get a lot of um, um, patients who come in with gastro-related issues? Yes, um, so in a typical day, we would get at least uh, one or two patients with um, issues related to some of the things that we'll be hopefully touching upon, inshallah. Okay, so it's, it is quite a common problem? Absolutely, yes. Oh, okay. And uh, generally in terms of the um, statistics and stuff, if, I'm not sure if you have any. What kind of stuff are we looking at? Is that quite a large portion proportion of the population that's um, so yeah we're generally talking about the adult population okay um, I think there are certain things that we'll touch upon that um, increase your risk of having some of these issues all right. yeah, um, yeah. and some really basic things that we can all do to try and actually reduce our risk of, of, of these conditions okay and is it starting to become quite common I think it, it's generally quite common. A lot of that is to do with our lifestyle and, course, and yeah. our our choices that we make in terms of our diet. Sure. Um, like I said, very simple measures. Yeah. Um, we're all prone to a jalebi from time to time. <laughs> of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, mashallah. 
Okay, so I mean, in terms of uh, so, so, what are some of the key problems do you usually encounter? So, I thought one of the first things that we might want to cover today is um, something that we call dyspepsia or indigestion, and sometimes um, you might have heard of gastritis or acid yes, reflux. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So, it's a, a, sort of an umbrella term for a, a wide variety of things, mainly related to what we what we would term indigestion. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Excellent. Uh, so. So, folks, uh, so we have Dr. Saleh in the studio. Um, as we mentioned, we're going to be running through some gastro-related issues. So, first part of the show, we'll be looking at acid, uh, or what was commonly commonly known as acid reflux. Is that yes. what we have? And inshallah, maybe second half of the show after the break, we're going to be covering um, IBS. Uh, so, what is IBS? So, IBS stands for irritable bowel syndrome. Um, and again, it's uh, quite a common problem that affects uh, the gut. Um, it can cause a wide variety of symptoms, um, mainly related to uh, cramping abdominal pains. It can cause bloating and it can cause a, a variety of different bowel motions between some people might get constipation, others might get loose stools. Yeah, yeah. so it's just a kind of a wide, it, it's a, it does cover a wide variety of issues that That's uh, right, someone yes. makes it. And I, 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 please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm hearing that IBS is becoming more common as well. Is that is that right? Um, I think um, yes, it is becoming more common. I, I think it's also that we as a, a nation are becoming more aware of it ah, and okay. trying to address it a bit better. Sure, sure. I mean, there, there. I know there is um, organisations. Um, trying to get this to become a, a, a more, more common and pushing for better awareness of this uh, of the symptoms uh, of the syndrome um, how, how is that is that do you how is that having an impact on us being aware and conscious of of some of the symptoms maybe that we may be going through and think well wait a minute actually I might need to go see my doctor about some of the symptoms I think a lot of that is related to um, healthcare economics and um, health promotion generally. Um, we, as many people will be aware, are under unprecedented pressure in terms of um, funding cuts within yeah, healthcare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there is a large emphasis nowadays on self-care and trying to sort of manage things that perhaps don't need to see the doctor or don't need to go to hospital to be managed within the community with the right level of support and you know that's where a lot of the voluntary sector get involved and there's a charity called the IBS network yeah, that's, yeah. Um, okay yeah. very influential in in helping in in, in patients with with IBS in general with advice okay all right okay Excellent. Thank you. So, uh, so folks, just before we get uh, underway with our first topic, I just want to remind everyone: you can uh, uh, text and WhatsApp on zero triple seven nine four eight one eight two two. So, if anyone has any questions or would like to make any comments, that's the number again: is zero triple seven nine four eight one eight two two. So, Doctor Saleh, um, acid reflux. Um, what what is it exactly? And what are the what are the, what are the things that can lead to these symptoms? Okay, so um, this isn't rocket science. Many of us that are listening will probably have suffered from some sort of reflux or acid-related problems at some point in our lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the main real symptoms uh, that people can get is this sort of burning sensation in their upper tummy area or up into their chest, um, heartburn, commonly what we call it. Um, but alongside with that, there are other symptoms that people can get, including um, sour taste in people's mouth. So this funny taste that might come along. And that's actually from the acid hitting the back of the throat. 
Um, okay. People can find themselves having increased wind, so they belch a lot. Yeah. Um, and this is commonly symptoms that tend to occur after people have eaten food. Okay. okay. Commonly. So, but if it's if it's it's on occasions, it might happen on occasions. Like you mentioned, you know, we, most of us is probably sure. I certainly have experienced it once in a, on, on various occasions with my eyes. Is it? It's just a question of in in these cases, it's just a question of you know taking simple off the shelf um, remedies is more than enough. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, the stomach contains acid. That's what is used to. Um, digest food or the initial process of digesting food it breaks okay. down the food and so sometimes that acid becomes more prevalent and it starts to come up the food pipe and that's uh, what's the, causing the burning sensation sure yeah. so treatments over the counter or even things that you can have at home that can help are anything that's alkali that will reduce the, yeah, the acid itself yeah. so okay. dairy products like milk or, or um, yeah milk cream stuff like that will help to reduce the symptoms and obviously things that you can buy over the counter, Gaviscon and so on yeah, and so yeah. forth. Oh, okay. So the, the thing I, 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 was, I wanted to ask was, the cons- what if it persists? Is that something that we then we need to be worried about? Is that something that we would say, okay, I've been having this for a couple of days. It doesn't seem to be subsiding. Would it then be encouraged to go see a doctor? Um, so yes and no. So it's important, obviously, if someone is worried about their symptoms, then yes, by all means, they should seek some sort of professional help. Of course. At, at all points. Yeah. But but there are some simple things that um, that are key to trying to understand why it might be happening. And, and to try and address some of those things, in, in, at least in the initial phases, uh, people may find that actually their symptoms improve significantly. Okay, excellent. Okay. So some of those things that we should be aware of is that Actually, there are certain types of food that we might be eating or certain types of things that we might be doing that might lead to these reflux symptoms getting worse or becoming recurrent. Yeah. So some of the things that we perhaps all need to think about is uh, certain things that within our diet. So some of the things that are the main culprits, I would say, are things like caffeine. So coffee and tea, people often don't realize that tea has just as much caffeine in it as coffee does um, and many okay, of us will have several cups of tea a day yeah, that, that's probably one of the more interesting parts i mean we wouldn't normally associated a, a standard tea to exactly ha- have any any form of caffeine or maybe we're just not aware of it we know this uh, and most of us i think uh uh, uh uh, educated enough no there are caffeine in tea but we simply don't know how much and how, how significant that is yeah um and then alongside with that when we're talking about drinks you know many of our youngsters nowadays are uh, drinking stimulant stimulant type drinks you know boost oh, okay. the red bulls and all of yeah. that they're very high in caffeine so again these types of drinks often will stimulate um gastric acid production and can lead to a, a worsening of some of these symptoms okay yeah um and alongside with that you know we um, fatty oily foods is a big culprit. <laughs> I was expecting that to do. <laughs> yeah. So as, uh, obviously that's co- probably is is that one of the the, the two more co- most common things that results in. So that and the third thing, which is sort of tied in, is spicy food. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So many of us are sort of guilty of yeah. a lot of these pleasures. Yeah. Of course. Um, so so again, and and often that plus perhaps. A slightly larger meal than we would normally eat um, because we've gone for a, a, a dawat somewhere yeah, or we've been, we were meeting up yeah, with our friends, friends or whatever yeah. it might be um, often might end up with 
causing a worsening of these symptoms following this indulgent yeah, meal that we sure, might have. Sure. And was there anything else? Obviously, we've got three three main corporates, <laughs> which is, which is uh, I kind of expected. Is there anything else that our listeners maybe maybe need to know that causes? So, so a couple of other important things. So, so one is smoking. So, smoking is is a big deal. And yeah. although I think um, generally as a as a nation we've made good strides in reducing the level of smoking that's taking place out there. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, in our sort of Desi communities, it's still rife. Right, yeah. um, and it's something really to be aware of that actually smoking again will promote gastric acid production and, and, and make these symptoms a, a recurrent issue. Um, so wherever possible, actually thinking about our smoking um, and maybe having that sort of conviction that it might be time to start to, to give up the habit, apart from other obvious health-related benefits, you know, this is another benefit from, from stopping smoking. Um, the other thing that I probably would like to touch upon is um, there are a number of medication that we may or may not be aware of that also affect these types of problems. And, um, is, and is some of those medications related to s- some of the stuff that now become uncommon within our communities, like maybe you know, high blood pressure related things? or So yes, uh, um, so we can categorize it into two different bits. So firstly, we have medication that the um, GP or your hospital doctors might have prescribed you for other conditions you have. Um, and then there are things that we might be using ourselves over the counter to help with other, certain ailments. So, for example, one of the most commonly used medication perhaps over the counter for things like joint sprains and aches and pains is um, what we call anti-inflammatory drugs. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we'll all be familiar with things like ibuprofen. Yeah. So ibuprofen causes gastric irritation um, and it can cause a significant worsening of, of reflux and indigestion type symptoms. Okay, so if, if we are to, I mean, one probably one of the most common uh, factors that we all have, maybe have a bit of back pain, um, you know, some of us may have gone to the gym and a pain and when we're using these things to ease our pains, should we be expecting reflux or is it something that if it happens, it we should be aware that it could be a result of that. So I think yes and no. So with with all all medication, full stop, we should be always considering um, using the minimum amount possible to provide relief of any symptoms or ailments that we might have. And you know, anti-inflammatory medication are excellent medication, and they help us with a variety of different things, including joint aches and and, and pains that we might have suffered from going to the gym or or whatever an injury that we might have had. As long as we're using these medications sensibly and actually just simple measures like having had a proper meal before we use an ibuprofen yeah. will help to line our stomach properly before we, we take, take it. it. Okay. All right, excellent. So, Dr. Salek, thank you for that. We're just going to come back to Dr. Salek. I just want to just welcome our legendary guest, uh, <laughs> legendary, <laughs> guest no, legendary presenter, Fahad. Brother Fahad. Welcome, welcome to the studio. Thank You've you made so it, much, and, and thank you so much for um, carrying the baton. I was literally hoping that you will carry till till the break because uh, <laughs> you were really, really nice. I, uh, it's a very uh, first time you. I've seen you in, uh, in action on on a on a uh, on a show. And uh, thank you so I much. Have, for I would have loved to take him taken over from you. As, uh, <laughs> as any you day, make. man. Any day, bro. Any day. But no, no, I'm a little bit busy, and I, and I know it's it's really important to have our uh, presenters do the shows and keep keep leading those shows. Uh, so but we get, no, thank you so for much us, for our listeners. It keeps it. Um, um, keeps things uh, consistent, inshallah. <laughs> so, so, um, um, so you're back in the studio. 
just a little bit of problem with traffic? Yes, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, when you're stuck on the traffic, you're yeah. stuck on the traffic, you can't do anything. And thanks a million for jumping in. No, I'm more, more than happy to. So, uh, like I was lucky we were, before you came in, I'm sure you were listening on uh, as you were coming in. Uh, Dr. Sal and I were just going through uh, basically acid reflux. So, we're just looking at acid reflux for the first part of the show, mm-hmm. So, if anyone's listening, uh, feel free to message in. Uh, on in fact, we do have a couple of questions uh, on, on our Facebook page. Oh, okay. Um, and and uh, so, so, okay, Shana. So, well, then, uh, let, me, let me hand over. So, I'm officially handing over to legend Fahad. <laughs> Fahad, uh, welcome back to the studio. Uh, Thank so you. I'll leave you with Dr. Saleh. Like I said, we were, we were talking about. Uh, acid reflux. We thought we thought maybe this mm-hmm. part of the show we talk about acid reflux, and after the break, go bits maybe uh, IBS. Maybe, yeah, look at I, um, finish off with acid reflux. Maybe go we go through some other uh, summarize on the after and move on to IBS. Inshallah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll leave you to it. Inshallah. Yes, thank, thank you so much. Salam. Thank you so much, Amir. Uh, so, uh, th- thank you so much, Doc, for coming in today. A <laughs> um, uh, couple of questions which did arrive on on the on the uh, studio uh, when I just. I just saw it. One of the questions says, um, uh, "What is the best time to take uh, lansoprazol, 30 mg?" Um, so, just to clarify, so lansoprazol is a, a medication called a uh, known as a PPI. So it's a proton pump inhibitor, mm-hmm. and its mechanism of action is that it works on certain receptors in the stomach that produce acid. Mm-hmm. So remember earlier we discussed that acid is produced by the stomach, mm-hmm. and it's the fundamental thing within the stomach that helps to digest our food. Mm-hmm. So proton pump inhibitors like lansoprazol, what they do is they block the production of acid in the stomach, so mm-hmm. reducing some of these symptoms. So really, as far as I'm concerned, the best time to take omeprazole would be sometime in the morning, probably after breakfast. After breakfast? Yeah. What about people who take it at night? Yeah, I mean, it's a, as far as I know, it's a long-acting medication that, that, that acts over 24 hours, so uh, it's, it's not a problem to take it in the evening. I mean, generally, I pr- advise my patients to take it in the mornings, um, but it has a long l- lifespan, so mm. it works throughout the day, so it shouldn't really be a problem. Mm-hmm. But best to take it in the morning. Yeah, Sorry, I think so. I, I was asking because I, I also take it sometimes. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and and the second question, uh, second part of that question, is says, does it help with acid reflux? So, does what help with acid uh, reflux? Uh, Lenzaprazole. So, I think I answered the question yeah. in terms of the fact that it quells the amount of acid being produced by the by the stomach itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when we were talking earlier, we we have talked about uh, other medications which can make the condition worse. Now, uh, let's talk about things which can, uh, in doctor's terms, call red flag symptoms, i.e. those symptoms which you definitely need to see a GP like yourself uh, or any clinical uh, guidance. So what are the... Red, what can we class as red, li- uh, red flag symptoms or any symptoms which we definitely need to seek GP's advice and guidance? So I think it's a really important um, point that you've raised that it is important for people to seek medical help when it's appropriate. And um, so dyspepsia or indigestion or heartburn symptoms um, in a number of people can present in a way that might be slightly concerning and mm-hmm. it's something that they should go and see a healthcare professional about. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I would say anyone that's uh, a bit older in age that has other health-related problems, especially if they've got a history of diabetes or cardiac disease of some sort, um, it's p- 
probably and it's pertinent that they go and see a, a, a doctor or a nurse sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. And that's because sometimes those symptoms of indigestion can mimic heart-related symptoms. Oh, and, okay. And, and it's not saying that they have a heart-related problem, it's just saying that it can mimic those types of symptoms. Mm -hmm. And it's best to go and see someone who can do any necessary investigations that will help to rule out any of those problems. So mm -hmm. anyone that's perhaps slightly older or has a history of diabetes or heart disease already, mm -hmm. um, I think that would be a, a very important type of people to go and see the, the, the healthcare professional. Okay. On top of that, there are a, a, a few other people that I would suggest would, should go. So anyone that's been having um, other symptoms apart from these symptoms, so including things like they've lost some weight without obviously trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and on top of that, if people have had um, une unexplained fevers that seem to keep coming, you know, sometimes people will come and say things like, at night time, I find that my T-shirt or my pajamas have become soaked and it seems to keep happening and it's not been particularly hot. Mm -hmm. So that might be a reason why you might want to go and see the doctor too. So weight loss, fevers, night mm -hmm. sweats. And then if you're having any other odd symptoms like um, you're vomiting with these, this type of problem, you're getting abdominal pains, mm -hmm. you're getting any changes in the way your bowels have been opening, um, that would be another reason why you should come and see the doctor. Uh, and finally, p patients that are continuing to have these symptoms and have tried the lifestyle measures, some of the things that we've discussed today, mm -hmm. and also tried some over-the-counter medication, and it's not improving. Mm -hmm. So resistant symptoms, it's really important that they come and see the doctor. Okay. Okay. And at this note, I'd like to involve our listeners as well. So listeners... If you have any questions or queries tonight, please do give us a call on 01582481822. I repeat, 01582481822. You can send your questions via WhatsApp uh, or text messages or even on our Facebook page. Uh, if you'd like to uh, get interact with us, please, please, please do so. Uh, we are talking about acid reflux and IBS uh, throughout the show today. Uh, the first part, uh, which we have, uh, we are uh, discussing acid reflux in detail and if you have uh, had uh, an acid reflux problem or any 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 similar kind of issues which uh, you yourself or any of your rallies may be facing it's a good time to get in touch with us uh, we have a gp in our house uh, who can uh, who has expertise in this area and can give you nice uh, guidance and advices about how uh, to deal with these kind of issues and what to what to do best at these times So, Doc, uh, before uh, we have talked about uh, medications which make it worse, we have talked about symptoms uh, which can go wrong. We have talked about red light, uh, red flag, sin, uh, red flag uh, symptoms. But uh, surely there is some way we can make ourselves better as well. So, what are the best things which we can do as a patient to make ourselves better without going to see you? I mean, not you as in GP. So again, before you came, Fahad, we mentioned some of these things. Mm -hmm. So um, we talked about types of food that um, we should, I wouldn't say avoid, but maybe try and think about cutting back on. So mm -hmm. we mentioned things that are rich in caffeine. Mm -hmm. We mentioned fatty, oily foods um, and spicy foods. They tend to make these symptoms worse. 
But uh, we love spicy food, aren't we? <laughs> Solid, come on. We, we just had spicy food earlier today. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's it's that sort of age-old adage of all things in moderation. Mm-hmm. And actually just being sensible about um, having three meals at separate times of the day. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things that people find, um, or, or one of the things that I found, at least, uh, uh, you know, in my own experience, is that many of us tend to eat very late mm-hmm. um, into the evening, sort of nine, ten o'clock in the evening, and then soon after we'll probably try to go to bed, uh, and that combination is not the best combination when it comes to indigestion type symptoms because we just don't give our body enough time to start to the digestion process. Mm-hmm. And as a result, because we then eliminate gravity by lying down, mm-hmm. acid can start to creep up into the food pipe. Mm-hmm. So actually, some of the recommendations are to to at least have your evening meal three to four hours before your intended time to sleep. And, and so that's quite an important thing just to, for us to all to think about, to try and maybe bring out evening meals a bit earlier. Oh, yeah. Okay. So people who, who do sleep late anyways, but then um, they will have food. And this is something which we are all uh, guilty of. Uh, normally have food and then rely, relax on, on a chair or something in front of telly and so forth. Um, we have to worry about that as well. We have to. So I think I think... So it's more about possibly, so after we've had our evening meal, if we're staying up, mm-hmm. maybe thinking about not snacking so much and that, you know, that overindulgence mm-hmm. is the one that can cause problems. Definitely. And we will talk a bit more about it when we come back from the break before jumping onto IBS. But uh, till that time, please uh, stay tuned. We will be right back after these very short messages. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. Assalamu alaikum and good evening to all the listeners and viewers. I welcome you back to the Health and Fitness Show. I'm your host Fahad Matted for the remaining part of the show. Um, uh, and we are talking about acid reflux and IBS with our lovely guest Dr. Saleh Ahmed. Assalamu alaikum Dr. This program is broadcasting live today on 
on 29th of August 2019. I forgot the date today. Uh, uh, from the studios of Inspire FM for our lovely people in Luton. And the sounding areas of Luton, like Dunstable, Harpet and Bedford, and reaching um, to the rest of the world through the airwaves of our website uh, and definitely different web apps. Good evening and welcome back. So before we went on break, we were talking about acid reflux uh, and we did uh, in the beginning of the show, which was covered by uh, our brother Emil um, and he was excellent, excellent um, substitute for a very last second, I must say. In fact, he was a really good uh, presenter that for a second I was literally standing outside and do not want to come in. I just want to listen him out uh, while he was uh, doing the show because he was really, really that good. Uh, And he just gave me a couple of new ideas as well. that's another day. Uh, so, in the beginning of, of the show, we have talked about acid reflux and uh, slightly based, uh, Dutch basis on IBS as well. Uh, and uh, instead of me giving a quick uh, recap of this topic, let me ask our GP, uh, Dr. Saleh. So, what we have discussed in the first part? So, um, we spent the first half of the show just talking about um, reflux or indigestion or sometimes what we call dyspepsia. Um, We mentioned that uh, the main symptoms are the sort of heartburn that people can get, especially after they might have eaten. Um, Some of the other symptoms that people sometimes complain of is that they have increased wind, so they might be belching a lot. Um, And also, sometimes a funny taste in the back of their mouth when the acid hits the back of their throat. Um, Actually, one of the things that we didn't mention was it can also cause people to cough as well and it can sometimes be a cause of a chronic cough just the reflux of the acid hitting the back of the throat we mentioned some of the reasons why it can happen including uh, diet especially mm-hmm. things like fatty oily foods mm-hmm. and and, Which is and caffeine foods most yes. of the time. Uh, um, and caffeine as well and trying to think about cutting back on those types of things a little bit mm-hmm. as well as smoking um, there are a number of medication that we talked about including anti-inflammatories but also other medication your doctor might have prescribed you so if you are getting recurrent problems it might be worth having a medication review with either the pharmacist or the doctor to talk about whether some of those might be leading to some of your problems Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we talked uh, a little bit about some of the measures that we can do to try and help reduce our symptoms and some of the the more concerning features that would make me make make me want you to go and see a healthcare professional sooner rather than later. So those things were things like, if you if you're slightly older and you've got symptoms, uh, and you've got a history of diabetes or heart disease, mm-hmm. uh, as well as patients that have recurrent symptoms that are not getting better. Mm-hmm. And also if you've had any weight loss or fevers um, or changes in the way your bowels are, are, are opening. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and I have rudely interrupted you at the time when you were uh, explaining about how to, how, what are the best things which we can keep ourselves intact and keeping ourselves away from it. Uh, one of the things you have said is to eat early. Yes, yes. Um, so, uh, in terms of the uh, second part, uh, and before I jump into the second part, I'd like to involve our listeners as well. So, listeners, 
if you have any questions or queries regarding our show tonight please 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 get in touch with us by calling us on 01582481822 i repeat 01582481822 you can send your questions uh through whatsapp uh text messages or facebook page messages um uh, if you want to send it through uh whatsapp you can uh send a whatsapp or messages you can send it through 0779481822 i repeat 0779481822 uh you can send uh your questions uh via facebook page as well uh, just all you have to do is just go to uh, inspire fm facebook page and you can see uh, us uh, through the live link and you can send your questions through the live link as well i'm not sure uh sorry uh, just put a question through saying does banana eating banana help i'm not sure whether it is eating banana help um i don't think it makes much of a difference in all honesty <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh, let's let's jump to the IBS, which is our second part of the topic. Um, so I, I know you just explained about IBS, uh, what IBS stands for. Um, so it stands for irritable bowel syndrome. Okay, and and what is uh, irritable bowel syndrome, if I ask? So so irritable bowel syndrome is a condition that affects the gut. Um, it doesn't have um, any sort of known cause that we know about. Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's no specific test you can do that will become positive if you've got irritable bowel syndrome. Mm -hmm. But it affects a wide number of people. Up to 20% of the, the the adult population is affected by irritable bowel syndrome in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And the typical features of irritable bowel syndrome are that people get abdominal pains, usually cramps, mm -hmm. and they're associated with an altering type of bowel habit mm -hmm. so that might be um, constipation or it might be looseness in their stools mm -hmm. and often they get urgency symptoms so i.e they usually classically will describe that they get a tummy cramp mm -hmm. and they really need to go to the loo and usually the cramp is relieved after they go to the loo okay so um you, if I'm not mistaken, you just literally explained uh, or tick box all the 80% of the population who have some kind of a tummy bug. So how can this be uh, differentiated uh, or how does it be presented in terms of uh, a person can differentiate that this is an IBS or not? So, so uh, like I said, IBS is quite a common problem that affects the general population. Um, there are some other conditions slightly more sinister than IBS that can present in s similar sort of ways. Mm -hmm. um, namely, there's a condition called inflammatory bowel disease mm -hmm. or IBD. Mm -hmm. um, some people might have heard of ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease. But those are two conditions that also can cause tummy pains and mm -hmm. issues related to bowel habit. Um, the significant difference between the two is that um, one major difference is that um, with uh, the inflammatory bowel conditions, they tend to usually only cause looseness of motions, whereas mm -hmm. with IBS you can get a combination of looseness and constipation. Okay. And the other thing is that um, usually the IBD is often associated with bleeding from the back passage as well. Mm -hmm. So if anyone is getting symptoms like that, it's very important that they go and see a healthcare professional to be assessed properly uh, and be investigated accordingly to rule in or rule out something like an inflammatory bowel disease. Okay. Now, um, if a, a patient's been um, getting these symptoms, 
and still avoiding to see a GP but uh, uh, carrying out their habits so what uh, make this IBS worse so what actions they are keep doing it to make it worse so I think just a very important point here is that people should not really self-diagnose themselves with IBS. So mm -hmm. people that are getting recurrent symptoms of abdominal cramps or pain associated with odd bowel motions mm -hmm. should really seek healthcare professionals advice mm -hmm. because actually um, before we can just say this is IBS uh, some investigations are probably quite pertinent um, because it's not something that we want to take completely lightly mm -hmm. so let's let's talk about the investigation first so if, if somebody is uh, having um problems with the bowels and, and they are presenting the same symptoms which you just explained uh, a few minutes ago uh, and they will go to your GP, uh, go to their GP, and explain them that these are the symptoms. What uh, are the investigations a GP asks them to get it done? So first of all, I think it's important to take a, a good history of what's been going on. Mm -hmm. And actually, if patients are planning to go and see their doctor, mm -hmm. it, it would be very useful for them to keep something like a bowel habit diary. Uh, although it doesn't sound like the funnest thing to do, it's actually a really useful piece of information that you can provide the doctor with. Mm -hmm. So just something very simple like how, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, how many times you opened your bowels. Mm -hmm. There's something that people can Google called the Bristol stool chart. Mm -hmm. And it's just some images of how different stools can look like. Mm -hmm. And actually putting into your diary what stool chart you had so there's type 1 to type 7 mm -hmm. and then if it was associated with any tummy pains and if there was any bleeding uh, from the back passage associated with it and the other thing is if there was anything in particular that they ate that day mm -hmm. that might have led to those symptoms okay and it's only through doing a diary over the course of a month that you might start to be able to pick out certain types of food that might be causing some of their symptoms mm -hmm. so it can be a really helpful tool in in when when you go to the doctor to arm yourself with that to allow them to make some inferences mm -hmm. so um, are these uh, uh, which is uh, ibs common to certain age uh, bracket or is it uh, for anyone and everyone uh, from from child to adult so, so if we put children to one side, yeah. um, adults alike, I think um, in, uh, young adults, absolutely. I think we have to always have a bit more caution when it comes to older people, mm -hmm. um, because obviously, as with any healthcare problems, as we get older, you know, more sinister healthcare issues can become apparent. So, so yes, it's it's fairly common in the sort of 18 to 40 year olds. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, up to 20% of the the general population will have some element of. BS. Mm -hmm. So, um, and and you said the older you get, the worse it will it will become. So, is it is it something which we have to worry about? No, so, so that's not what I said. I meant that the older we get, um, it's important to make sure we rule out any other sinister causes of these types of symptoms. Because mm -hmm. as we get older, the propensity to have other problems, other conditions, is higher generally. Mm -hmm. Right, okay. So, uh, in terms of um, uh, IBS itself, uh, it's, it's when, when you're young, definitely you can uh, sometimes don't realize how many times you're going in and out. But uh, you said the best thing to do before going to the GP, maintain a diary of how many times you had and what sort of 
stool color is and what so, uh, sorry what uh, diary you said uh, the bristol stool chart bristol stool chart so is that stool chart has um, a certain amount of pictures which so it will have images of seven different types of stools mm -hmm. so ranging from type 1 which is very hard pellet like stools mm -hmm. to type 7 which is watery liquid stools mm -hmm. and everything in between okay and it's just a useful guide because then the healthcare professional can see what type of motions you're producing mm -hmm. on a regular basis mm -hmm. okay uh, in terms of um, uh, the uh, if we go to GP with the information what will GP ask us to do is there anything else so so again they will they will identify if there is any sort of red flag type symptoms mm -hmm. so similar to previously discussed you know things like weight loss that hasn't happened as a result of someone dieting or something mm -hmm. um, if patients are complaining of r rectal bleeding so bleeding from the black back passage mm -hmm. or actually a darkening of their stools as well so mm -hmm. if patients have stools the color of tar that is also a sign of something that might need to be looked into in a bit more detail mm -hmm. so those types of symptoms and other things like people um, passing mucus, people also feeling like they haven't fully evacuated. So mm -hmm. if they've gone to the loo and they've come back and felt like actually I didn't fully empty my, my, my bowels, mm -hmm. again these are signs that you know perhaps would require a little bit more investigation. Mm -hmm. um, that alongside with the other common things like fevers, sweats, uh, generalized fatigue and tiredness, mm -hmm. Um, those sorts of things perhaps would require a little bit more more investigation. Okay. Uh, in terms of um, um, when we, because uh, you just explained the uh, basic uh, um, basic details of people who normally suffer with these kind of things on and off, but uh, they have one or two episode or maybe three, four episode. So how long or how many episodes uh, they need to have in the similar way uh, which they need to be concerned of and they need to go to a GP? So generally speaking, if patients have had these types of symptoms for more than six months, mm -hmm. recurring type symptoms, then they should come and see someone about so it. I mean, they have a few days and then it becomes better exactly. than a few days. And and again, it's all about trying to recognize patterns. Mm -hmm. And and the other thing that we haven't quite mentioned in all of this is that with IBS, one of the significant um, triggering factors of IBS is stress. So actually, oh, okay. absolutely. So having, you know, often people with IBS will, will come to see me mm -hmm. and it'll be a university student that's got their dissertation due in or mm -hmm. they've got finals coming up. And during the build up to that, they're not sleeping so well and their bowel habits have gone a little bit awry. And that's quite a classical thing. You know, people are having some sort of a life event and their IBS symptoms start to flare up. Mm -hmm. So actually, some of the management of IBS is also thinking about how we can reduce some of our stress levels, which will actually inevitably help with our bowel, bowel habits. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I did not know that. Um, so in fact, um, and, 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 uh, so how can we make it better? So is there any way we can make it better? So I think, I think the first thing to say is that 
people should come and see their their, their doctor or their or their nurse or mm-hmm. healthcare professional, and they'll need to have some investigations before we can make a confirmed diagnosis of IBS. And those things usually involve um, things like having some routine blood tests, mm-hmm. looking for things like anemia, looking uh, at conditions like celiac disease, mm-hmm. as well as Um, certain inflammatory markers that we might want to check. Mm -hmm. We also want to probably do some stool samples as well. Mm -hmm. And then usually if a lot or or all of these tests come back as normal Mm -hmm. and patients don't have any red flag symptoms and they have typical symptoms of IBS, Mm -hmm. then a formal diagnosis can be made. Okay. So before that, people should really come and see the the GP to, to, to get the assessment that they need mm-hmm. and to uh, to formally diagnose them. Okay. Um, in terms of uh, diagnosis, and you just mentioned about the red, red flag symptoms as well, is there is a self-manage, uh, self-help measures a person can take to uh, to safeguard themselves? So, so once... A diagnosis has been made, yes, so um, we've just mentioned stress, so trying to reduce people's stress levels is uh, an obvious way that will help with their symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then really in terms of IBS, the management and self-help all depends on the types of symptoms individuals are getting. Okay, so for pe- example? So people with IBS mm-hmm. will usually, and this is just me generalizing, will have three categories of patients. Mm-hmm. Some that predominantly get bloating and cramps, mm-hmm. some that get diarrhea or loose stools, mm-hmm. and some that get constipation. Mm-hmm. So depending on the type of symptom that you predominantly get, the management is revolves around those particular symptoms. Mm-hmm. So for patients that predominantly get cramps, for example, there are antispasmodic medication that people can use. Mm-hmm. Um, and thing, so for bloating symptoms, people may have used things like... Um, Uh, peppermint peppermint oil it can be very helpful um, if people are constipated obviously trying to reduce their constipation or remove their constipation by using um, a diet that's got increase in fiber in it will will help to start moving their bowels a bit better mm-hmm. and then managing the diarrhea symptoms usually might involve um, some sort of treatment from the doctor that might help them to thicken up their stools a little bit mm-hmm. All right, okay. Um, let me uh, involve our listeners as well. Listeners, if you have any questions or queries regarding the uh, your bowel symptoms or um, uh, acid reflux, please uh, get in touch with us uh, by calling on our studio line, which is 015824 You can call, uh, you can send us uh, your text messages and WhatsApp on 0779-481822. I repeat, 0779-481822. And, and definitely, uh, you can also send your questions via our Facebook page as well. One of the questions which did appear up on the Facebook page is what is the natural remedy for acid reflux and uh, and what are the long-term uh, effects on that of that so natural remedies um, so so many of the remedies for reflux mm-hmm. um, are actually the absence or the removal of certain things that mm-hmm. we've already talked about so actually reducing some of the things that 
cause the reflux in the first place. Mm-hmm. Caffeine, oily foods, spicy foods, stopping smoking or reducing your smoking. So that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, natural remedies, generally speaking, for reflux symptoms are anything that's generally alkali-based or something that's going to quell the acid. Mm-hmm. So things like milk can be quite helpful or mm-hmm. yogurt can be quite helpful because it will dampen down the effects of the acid. Mm-hmm. And that's generally those types of treatments. And then the things that you can buy over the counter, so Rennie, Gaviscon-type medication, Mm -hmm. um, which are antacid-type medication, Mm -hmm. so they they reduce the effects of the acid. Mm -hmm. And people sometimes have sulf as well to reduce... Sorry? Sulf. I'm not familiar with that. uh, Like, um, I forgot the name of an English uh, thing. It's like... a seed, which they normally have it too. Okay, I'm not familiar with that, so okay. I can't really comment. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, so, uh, in terms of um, uh, IBS, uh, uh, which we were discussing earlier, um, is is this a condition where you can get better uh, in terms of, can you recover from IBS completely if you've been diagnosed? So, usually, no. It's not a condition that people, there's a cure to. Mm-hmm. It, it's, in for want of a better terminology, it's, it's essentially a condition that makes the gut a bit more sensitive than it normally would be under certain circumstances, whether mm-hmm. that's certain types of food or certain types of psychological stresses that cause it to become more sensitive than it normally would be. Mm-hmm. So really, it's a condition that people learn to manage with the help of dietitians and the doctor and by themselves, mm-hmm. trying to identify triggers and avoiding those triggers. Um, and often people will have periods of time where they find that their symptoms are quite good mm-hmm. and then there might be a flare-up from time to time. And those flare-ups are, are often related to they might have certain things in their diet that they're usually not used to and then that causes the flare-up of their symptoms or it may be related to a life event that's happened where they've got an acute stressful time mm-hmm. and then it causes a flare-up of their symptoms. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty much like d- uh, driven from some of the uh, actual events as well? Absolutely. Okay. Um, unfortunately, we are approaching towards the end of the show very uh, shortly. So uh, we just have a few minutes left. So if I ask you to give a quick um, catch-up update for our listeners um, uh, of both symptoms, uh, you have like and a positive message, please. Okay. So I think the first thing to say is that so if we start with IBS, so mm-hmm. IBS stands for irritable bowel syndrome, it, and like we've discussed, it's a condition that affects the gut predominantly with um, symptoms related to abdominal pain and cramps and plus or minus some sort of bowel irregularity so that may be constipation or or diarrhea Uh, and this can be exacerbated by stress it can be exacerbated by certain types of food and if people are having these types of symptoms it's important that they come and see the gp or a healthcare professional who can perhaps do some investigations that will help to diagnose such a condition Mm -hmm. and rule out anything else that may be sinister Um, Once they've got a diagnosis, um, there are self-help things that they can do as well as treatments that the doctor can provide them with that can help them to manage this condition uh, better. Unfortunately, it's not something that can be cured, but it's something that people can live with relatively normally Mm -hmm. by doing the right sort of measures. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things we didn't mention was something called FODMAP, Mm -hmm. and it's a type of diet 
um, certain types of um, carbohydrates that are have been implicated in making these symptoms worse. Okay. So, so some people that suffer from IBS might want to look at FODMAP diet. FODMAP diet. Okay. Thank you so much, Saleh, for coming to our show uh, and uh, giving us this. Uh, extreme good knowledge which not many people has about this i know it's a really big topic and we definitely want to cover this bit more on some other day if you're okay <laughs> inshallah 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 thank you so much for no coming on our show uh, uh, and unfortunately that's all for today's show guys uh, if you have missed any part of the show you can always uh, view it online on facebook page or uh, you can listen to a repeat on sunday uh, between 12 and 1 uh, but until next time uh, i'm your host fahad mahdin say assalamu alaikum Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at inspirefmluton.